this is Lou Diamond from Thrive Loud and a speaker all about connecting. I had an absolute blast today connecting with the Ryan Folland on World of Speakers. We covered the importance of being brief, bright and gone and being on a stage and recognizing all the possible ways that you could actually utilize podcasting as a guest to help improve and grow your speaking business. So enjoy this episode and thrive loud. Welcome to the World of Speakers podcast brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and make more money. Here's your host, Ryan Foland. Ahoy, everybody. We are back for another amazing episode. Turn up the volume because you are going to hear all about Lou Diamond. Not the singer, the speaker, the podcaster, the connector, the Thrive Architect who helps to make everything better by bringing people together. Lou, how are you doing today? Ryan, I am so excited to be here. Uh, we bonded a long time ago, not too long ago, I guess a little not over- Not too long, yeah. A little over a year ago, not even, it's about a year actually. Oh my God, it's really almost a year. Crazy, crazy. And I said, wow, I go, he's like the redheaded version of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just the bald version of him. So it worked out really great. <laughs> yeah. And a quick shout out to Josh Linkner. If anybody wants to trail or follow somebody who's just crushing it in the speaking space, Josh Linkner has these you know, workshops, all day programs that he puts on under this three ring circus. And that's where I met Lou. And, and yeah, we connected. We are brethren kindred from opposite sides of the hair color. <laughs> <laughs> and we always will make fun of the fact that uh, for anyone who's speaking, no one's speaking as much as Josh is, or no one is traveling yeah. as much as Josh <laughs> is, maybe is the right way to say it. Yeah. It's like, if you want to be inspired of the level you can achieve as a professional speaker, you follow him. If you also want to be like continually humbled about the amount of effort and time and expertise it takes for that to happen, then follow him. It's like, a, it's a double-edged sword. I'm always, I'm always checking out his website and checking out what he's got going on. And it, it's this duality of like totally inspiring and totally intimidating, but he's such a nice guy. I, I think I stick with the inspiration. Yeah. I would also add, if you happen to run into him in the airport, you know, don't expect him to stay too long because he's actually trying to get on <laughs> another plane to go to another speaking gig. <laughs> Hashtag jet setter. All right. Well, for people who are just like, wow, these guys have all this energy. Who are these people? They know who I am, but I want them to know who you are. And instead of reading off your bio, we're going to pretend like we're at a campfire in Catalina, Big Geiger Cove, and we're going to tell a story. So if you had to choose a story from your past, and this is something that pretty much is a, an opportunity to encapsulate who you are as a person, no pressure, by the way, None. what would a story be from your past? If that's the only thing I had, and I'm like, you got to meet Lou, this one time he blank, and all of a sudden they're like, Lou is cool. So it was really funny because I have listened to other episodes on the program. I know this is how you kick things off. And I said, which way would I ever go on this? And what story would I tell? And I'm now going to tell a story that I don't believe I've ever shared. Ooh. And I think that is going to be really interesting. So it was my junior year in high school, which interestingly, I have a daughter who's now a junior in high school. So okay, I, okay. this goes back I, around 32, 33 years. And I was watching my fellow classmates do a musical production of Grease in our high school class. So these were the kids who were the seniors and my, I was a junior at the time. And I had played sports throughout high school. I played basketball. I was in track. And I was always a very fun guy in lots of clubs, a very good student, worked really, really hard. And I'm sitting there watching these people on stage going, I feel like I need to be up there 
before I graduate. I need to see what this is about. This is something that was like, there was a sense of camaraderie of, of them doing the play and the musical. And I, by the way, don't really sing that well, but there was something about the energy that they had. And the next uh, semester begins and now we're a senior and I did something ridiculous. I decided not to go back and play basketball. I did not want to go in my senior year and I would have been on the team and all of that stuff. But I, I wanted to get involved with the plays and the musicals and I wanted to be on stage because something inside of me was calling to come out. There was also another part of this too, was that this was a group of people that I had not yet connected with at the school I was in. And I loved getting to meet as many people as possible, but for whatever the circles you were in or just the limitations of your schedule and your work, this was an area that I did not connect with people. Just I never overlapped with them. And it was maybe the best decision I had ever made, Hmm. at least at that point. Because one, I got involved in, I got a very small role in in this play, having never been involved before. And obviously they had had many people who'd been on stage before for many years. And here comes this guy that's never been involved with them, which they're looking at as kind of like, I guess, the jock. I guess this is my own sort of uh, high school musical version of my own life or however you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're the FNG for sure. I'm Zach Efron trying to get into the play. And by the way, I, I related <laughs> to all that because what this was was Two things. One was getting to meet these great people who many of them I'm still friends with today, but it also instilled a level of confidence in me, something else. And that was performing and communicating is such a powerful means. What those people in that cast from when I was a junior or the year ahead of the, the year before I went out for this, what they did on that message in that stage, it wasn't the singing or the acting or whatever it was. It was the way that they were connecting a great job of, of a performance and it's always been a part of who I was, but it had never come out. And now I got a chance to act, be conscious of what it's like to be on stage, to communicate. And when I went into college, I continued doing that, not as actively, but it certainly led me to double majoring in business and communication. And speaking was one of the areas that I loved doing and communicating messages and delivering that and knowing about presence and how to deliver that. So this was something that had always been in me. I'd always wanted to perform. I always was the one trying to grab certain things, but I never actually did it. Hmm. And it was one of those moments that I think it was like, I need to do that. And here's the funny thing. I did a lot of other things that never led me to constantly performing until I was much more senior in my career. Uh, I worked in consulting right out of college learning about business, but I was always the one communicating. And that led me to sales, right? This was what I ended up doing. I came from a sales background, a very entrepreneurial family, worked in my dad's retail jewelry store. And I learned about sales through that. And then I was doing that in consulting. And then I was doing that for a internet development firm when the internet first came to be. And interestingly, then I went to Wall Street. And similarly in my career, I was working on Wall Street. I was doing all these great things, but I was missing something. I was missing the chance for me to get a better message out. I had learned how to connect with people throughout my entire life. I'd mastered how to connect. I wrote a book about mastering the art of connecting. And I needed now to get more people to understand that this is something they can do. I could train salespeople how to do it. I could train organizations how to get that message out. And just like I was that junior as a 16-year-old kid wanting to get on stage I wanted to get back on stage. 
And that's what led me to leave Wall Street and pursue what is my business thrive and helping work with companies, basically get the most amazing people in companies to thrive through this power of connecting. And doing that is one in working with their organization and communicating with them in workshops and leadership methods. And the second, which brings us to why I'm on this program here today, towards speaking and communicating that message on a stage in front of others so that I can deliver that powerful message to as many people as I can. We'll bleed into this conversation later that this message needed even a larger platform, and that was not just on the stage or working with those clients, but via a podcast, which is what we're doing right now. So um, all of that has kind of been coming out in, in full force as another late bloomer in my career, Ryan. Wow, what a great story. Thanks for sharing. And, and this is going to be funny, but we are even now more similar than you would think. Uh, stories are great to get to know people. And I actually ended up with a, a business degree and a dramatic arts degree. Mm. Uh, and I didn't even know that theater existed in high school. Yeah. But when I got to college, I got stressed to choosing my first set of classes. So I had my mom choose. I show up to the first day of class and it's this DA 101 or whatever, dramatic arts. I had no idea. Like, like talk about being sheltered. I don't think I'd ever gone to a play before. And I sat next to a cute girl, of course. And then the teacher offered <laughs> extra credit. And I said, are you going to go get this extra credit? And she's like, yes. I'm like, okay, I'll be there. So I show up. She doesn't show up. I hear somebody call my name. I think it's her. I'm like, yeah. And it was uh, somebody who handed me paper, put me into this sort of dance studio that was empty with a chair in it, had me read it. I read it. Everybody laughed at me. I got upset and I skateboarded and I cried on the way home. <laughs> and uh, and then they called me back and they said, you got the part. I was like, what are you talking about? I did terrible. They're like, no, it was supposed to be funny and you were really funny. And I just didn't even know. So I show up to the reading and it's like all these, you know, like juniors and seniors, but like in college and they had all this beer and everything. I'm like, this is going to be great. So long story short, that was my entryway into theater. And the words that you chose to use when describing like community and energy. And for me, what I just absolutely fell in love with was the power of communicating in live form yeah. with a live audience without digital interface. And you're just like, there's something about the willing suspension of disbelief that is so powerful. It's like giving me the chills now. And I, I and it's hard for me to find theater that I like because I'm not too into the musicals. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I like more of the nitty gritty stuff, but there's something so powerful about that connection. And it's amazing how you knew that that was there once you tasted it and, and you sort of had that, elements of it, but you've made that full circle to kind of go back to it. So I'm proud of you for chasing that feeling back down. No, well, thank you. And, and Ryan, I'll say this, and, and I talk about this a lot in, in the way you connect and, and a lot of the messages I'll, I'll mentor top CEOs and top sales performers on how they can better sell. And I, I will often ask them what their superpower is. And many times when they try to use words that describe themselves, just as you were asking me to describe my story, your body will physically bullet point, for lack of a better word, the key words that are there, almost like staccato hitting a drumstick. It's your body jumping out, saying words like thriver, motivator, connector. And when I do that, like my hands almost pump out. It just, it's literally, I, was, I was definitely flailing yeah. around when I was talking just now. Oh yeah. No, because it, it, those words come out from you and that is that inside energy. And that is it is what we connect with people. When people tell that story, when you hear those great stories from the guests that have been on this program, the other speakers, when you have shared your story, those bullet points of our lives, the, those are those superpowers. They're coming out. And 
it had always been inside of me and how it jumped up onto the stage, literally, like to actually get up and go do that. It wasn't a matter of, of the confidence. It was more of a calling and recognizing that I, I didn't want to go work on Broadway as a professional actor, but recognizing <laughs> okay. that, that giving and connecting the message from this skill that I have of wanting to connect, because going back to it, it was me wanting to connect with that group. And now it's sharing that power of connection and how people can do that and how they can better connect to improve their lives, their businesses, and fulfill their passions. That is what gets people to thrive and gets me to thrive each and every day. Very cool. All right. Well, let's talk about how you can thrive as a speaker. Now, I love the fact that you've got experience from Wall Street all the way to the stage, to selling, to all these things. If you were to put together a 10 to 15 minute curriculum, that is the non-obvious advice that you have gotten, that you have discovered, that you have found, what would those bullet points look like? I want to know your best advice when it comes to the the art, the skill of presentation, of speaking to help connect with people. It's. I'm going to start off with maybe the most uh, obvious one. And uh, it's kind of funny, but I'll, I'll, it's the sign-off. I'll give all three. It's a sign-off from my show. And you've heard it. We talk about Be Brief. And I've been on it, too. You've so been a guest. By the way, quick highlight. Quick plug for your show. Quick, quick plug, plug for your show. Quick plug for your show. By the way, go back, listen to episode 130. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Folland, Brandolution was our topic from it. Oh, we recorded yeah. this last June on Thrive Loud. Those that are thriving in their lives, their businesses, and their passions. And Ryan, Ryan did a kick-ass job on that show. And I will tell you that after that episode, I incorporated and give you credit every time I do it, the 313, wherever I can, because it was awesome. so, so such a game changer. But Love it. Okay, back, back to your advice. The obvious, right there in front of us. What is hiding in plain sight? Be brief, be bright, be gone. So let's talk about that as it relates to how you, you speak on the stage. We think that we need to be up there, you know, whether, hey, we need you to be the keynote speaker for an hour or whatever that time slot is or the 90 minutes. And by the way, that time can go by very quickly for those who've been on stage and know this. It is really important within the messages that you're delivering that brevity is presented. Podcast shows, we can go on and we can talk about the, the specifics and there's more of a storyboard, but there is a difference when you're on stage about using your voice in that brief component so that when you deliver, you pop with those key points. In that same example of your superpowers coming up of the bullets of your life, you want to be respectful of everyone in that room that you are about to provide them with a lot of information. And for people to learn, you need to give them short bits that will work. And so being brief Around those key points, you can tell your stories, you can tell your, your great messages and how that all connects, but be brief in the messages of the key points that are there. And I, and I cannot stress this enough because we know when people go on just a little too much, it <laughs> might get us a little distracted, but it also, you want them wanting more. Let them know if you're a speaker and you also, by the way, might give workshops afterwards or other things, that keynote is a chance to deliver and give the main pop and the main message. And there could still be something behind it. So I always want people to remember that brevity, being brief, is really, really key to start when it comes to the stage. My next part here is be bright. And that has two meanings. 
One, and I will use you as the example because it is, it's such a great one. For those who've never seen Ryan's TED Talk. Wait, 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 which, which one? Because guess what? My fourth one is now live. I know you have more than one. I know. I'm, I'm talking about the one where you are dancing all over the place. Okay? How to not get chased by a bear. Okay. Exactly. Okay. How to not get chased by a bear. What is so bright about that is not only his eyes, his energy, his movement. There is literally, when we think of bright, we think of brilliance. It's all related to that. There is this unbelievable thought creative idea that if you put your message together and you are bright and sharp, you don't have to be overcomplicated. You just have to be hit that one major brilliant point to shine at that moment and make a component of your keynote shine. And you do it great. Uh, there's many folks who do it and they hit that point. I just got a chance to uh, earlier today interview uh, Bob Berg. And he does a wonderful point about being bright about the importance of helping somebody buy versus selling something to them. Hmm. And it's a really great message. And his other message, which was just in my head because it's on there, and Bob is uh, one heck of a speaker, you are not responsible for the audience. You are responsible to the audience to be bright and to deliver that brilliant message. I also want to be use the bright for the little words, shine, shine and be a star. You were a star up there. That's what we remember. When people walk away from a great event or a great conference, if you have a really long-winded message and it's not brief and you <laughs> didn't hit those points where you were sharp and bright at that shiningest moment, whatever that key message is that you need to deliver, no one's going to walk away and remember it. You need that to be the bright light that shines in the moment. Be the star. Be the one who wants to stand out. You are allowed to be up there. And I think a lot of people don't want to give that permission or they want to give credit to others to do that. There's at least a point in there where you could be bright. My last point is what I finish off with. Be brief, be bright, be gone. What I mean by this is not just run off the stage and do a mic drop because <laughs> it is tempting. I was going to say, that sounds like a fun, a fun time. <laughs> be gone. I like to think of it as, Brian, take it to the next level. This is when we're gone, we are out into space and up and beyond. And that's kind of where you want to leave the audience lifted. I think too often... People who don't know music very well, and we know you're a big music fan. I was so tempted to hit the play button and play do your it. favorite song. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll have to edit it appropriately. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, I, it, there he is. If you don't know me, the never-ending story is it. Like, yes, Falcor. There we go. <laughs> I'll even fade it down this with fading effects here. has been brought to you by Thrive Loud. <laughs> So with that, when it comes to being bright in a musical crescendo, if you ever look at a song, most of the songs that are hits, they kind of, they're not that long. They kind of have a little bit of an intro build and then there's some crazy, really good chorus that everybody loves. And that's your bright part of it. And then obviously the song actually reaches a peak and a point before it ends and drops off. That gone is to lift people up in that. Your message should do that as well. Whatever your message is, I speak about connecting and the importance and how connecting is actually going to lift up and make you grow your business, change your life and grow that and take you to a new level. And that's really where I want people to leave with is I want them to go to another level. So be gone is to leave the place that you're in right now and know that after the message that you've delivered has been given, that you've elevated someone to that next tier. You've raised the game. You've given them that piece of brilliance that now is in their back pocket and is going to make them money, make them better, make them happier, make them 
connect with more people to share that same message so they can take things and be gone to the next level as well. Those would be my three steps. I dig it. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little deep diving into this because yeah. I always am interested in the connectivity or the transitions between things. And just an example, when somebody's formulating a talk, yes, let's say there's sequential steps and there's stories and whatnot. But for me, the magic comes in the transition in the, in not what happened now and then, but what made that happen. And so I always look for this little glue in between. So I'm going to go and take a step here and try to find the the glue in between these. So when you talk about being gone, you talk about this fact that you have to get people to be ready to sort of take what you say and go off on their own and, and, and be gone yes. with it, take the nuggets and go. But if there's not a connectivity with something that's bright, that's something that stands out, the other three or four keynotes are going to be in direct competition for that attention space. <laughs> and no. if you are this person that is bright, but overpowers and overloads them with tons of information, they have no chance to be gone because they're just bogged down with all the information. And how many times have you been at a conference when you see all these amazing speakers and you get so pumped up and motivated and you go home and you do absolutely nothing it's because you just, <laughs> there's just so much. So I, I like the connectivity that individually that makes sense. Be brief, be bright, be gone, but be brief so that your brightness stands out to give people not too much information, but just enough for them to take it and make it their own. I agree with that. And I'll take the be gone and give a little addendum. And that is, I always give them a call to action. There is an action item for them to do. I give them homework, for lack of a better word. And that, because you, to your point, you cannot leave just being inspired and get that message of, well, I feel good. No, I got to do something. I need accountability for that message. I like to think a lot, by the way, about the keynote stage, whether it's a big keynote that you're giving to a huge audience in front of others, or you're drilling down in your work and knee deep and get it into the weeds within an organization. It's like a big camera at the Super Bowl or any sporting event, right? You got that bird's eye view and you could laser and drill down. The reality is that if you're working with a team, you would work on those specific assignments to give them something to do. You can still do that at that higher level. And the overarching piece, people need to know that they have action items to walk away with. It doesn't matter at the level you work with them at. They know that the message has to have some accountability. And you can get up there. And the biggest thing that I'm always about is when I tell meeting planners or people I'm going to be speak, I am, these are the takeaways that they will get from my message that they will have. And I will remind them what they are. It won't just be in theory and they'll have to try and figure it out. No, I'm going to tell them what to do and ask of them to step into that level to be gone. This is the steps that they will need to do. So give them that accountability to connect that message. Okay. So I've got a question for you. I'm hearing the word, and I don't, is takeaway one word or two words? I don't know. I think it's a one word in my world. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll just, for all the grammar police, we are. We are <laughs> I just tweeted something that I misspelled it and somebody, you know, came back and corrected me. And I'm like, the tweet was about not taking things seriously. So I was like, well, obviously I don't take spelling seriously. And then she tweeted <laughs> back a very unspelled thing that you could make out said, yeah, as long as somebody knows what you're saying. So Yes. The difference between a takeaway and a call to action, I want to know more granular on this because great question. we always see, yes, here's the takeaways. And, and typically they'll say, all right, what's your title? What is your description? And what are the takeaways? Great. But what is the glue between a takeaway and a call to action? Can you give me some examples of differences? Because I know a lot of people are like, here's the main takeaways. But how do you translate that to a call to action? 
So somebody who was listening to the message of my three points, the takeaways would be be brief, be bright, be bright. Okay. We agree with that. Those are a good message of things to be know about that when I think about how I'm going, by the way, you could take be brief, be bright, be gone to when you meet someone in a connect working type of environment. Yes, I use that word, connect working. Yeah. Um, that's another word. Grammar police. Grammar police. Is, is get it in there. Got, We're good. One, you have a silo. I'll tell you, I've got, <laughs> I think I got the dot com on it too. So don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> so in those particular situations, those are the, the takeaways that you go. The call to action are the steps or the immediate action item that you need to do, a phone call, an email test, writing something, an action, literally telling someone to write something down that is going to be much more personalized for them. The takeaway of Be Brief, Be Bright, Be Gone can apply to everyone. The call to action is going to be a little more customized for you specifically. I have to call my client, John, and follow up with him on this level. I'm going to use lose, be brief, be bright, be gone for my next keynote that I'm going to deliver in Las Vegas for this particular boating conference, wherever Ryan's going. Gotcha. Your call to action <laughs> has a specificity about it that is really when I mean that homework assignment. So I'm giving the general on this, but everyone in that audience has to make it their own because if you only have takeaways to walk away with, you won't have the accountable call to action items for you to execute to be successful and be gone. And I'm thinking that if you don't really have the call to action and it's only takeaways, then people will be like, yeah, I got a lot of good takeaways from that. But if they don't actually put it into action, then you're not going to have that impact. They're not going to end up following you. They're not going to end up seeing the impact that your information has on their life because sure, they got great takeaways. So I think that's a really cool distinction between how do you turn a takeaway into a call to action uh, real particular for that individual. I dig it. Note to the producers of the show, just do a mic drop right there, right there. Do a mic drop now, like boom. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Oops, sorry, Yeti. Oh, you were so cute. Now you have a dent in you. It's okay. Yeah, it's right. Dents mean you're working hard. That's right. So this is all great stuff. And I, I think that from a takeaway standpoint, be brief, be bright and be gone. That's great. So the call to action for people who are listening to this, if I'm understanding correctly, it's incorporate this into your next keynote. See how you can use this in a networking environment. How do you be brief, be bright, be gone with your boss, with the people who are direct reports to you? Those kind of things, correct? And I'll add to that. Look into your keynote and see what the brilliance is. What is the bright point? I love asking other speakers when they are on stage, what was the message that resonated most with the audience? What got the most head nods, the most, uh-huh, the, the applause or a certain thought? You know, it's in a very reactive and interactive environment. We try, I try to make my speaking very immersive. I'm like you in that sense. I am in the audience, like involving them and pulling them up. It's never just me up there because I want to connect with them. And that message is, is intentional. And also, I want them to recognize that these barriers can't, isn't a wall between them and me on the stage. It's supposed to be this community that we've created. So creating those senses of tasks that they have to do or finding that brilliance, what was the thing that resonated most? And you could do your homework because- Sometimes you go in thinking that one particular point with a certain audience is going to resonate, but something else did. And it's really important for you after a keynote to take note of that. If you have videos and you could see this stuff, it's great. If you can audio record your keynotes and get feedback from the audience, ask for feedback so that the next time you can sharpen and hone in on that brilliance 
And the more you do it, the better you get at making that aha moment be bright. I dig it. That is brilliant advice with a clear takeaway and more particularly a specific call to action. Now, I want to transition into the final section of the show, which is really about how do you get more stage time? How do you get uh, higher paid gigs? How do you get paid gigs? How do you sustain the business of speaking? But I want to challenge you to incorporate some of your expertise in podcasting. For all of you who are listening, if you want to know somebody who's doing podcasting right, check out Lou Diamond because he's got... I don't know, you've got hundreds of thousands of people that are locked on to what you have. You've got hundreds of shows and the way in which you incorporate podcasting outside of the typical bubble, I think is is revolutionary when it comes to utilizing this new medium. So normally we just talk about how do you get stage time, but I'm going to challenge you. How do you use podcasting to build and support your speaking business? By the way, thank you for the compliments there. And I will let you know if you would have told me when I created my podcast show that my podcasting and the world of podcasting would actually create speaking opportunities for me in the way it has, I would have laughed at you because I never would have imagined that it would have. Everyone has been telling you to go start a podcast show. We've all heard this. Oh, you got to have a podcast show. You got to be the host of a podcast show. You got to go do one. Yep. I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't know if it's one of those jump the shark moments or, <laughs> or whatever it is as it relates to podcasts, because it seems like everyone has one. This is a question <laughs> that you need to actually ask yourself. Does having a podcast program as a host benefit you if you're a speaker? Does it extend your brand? Does your business fall in line with being the host of a podcast program? Now, I want to make this clear, while most programs out there are like this one, an interview format, there are a lot of other types of podcast programs. We'll call it morning zoo type of shows, like imagine Ryan and Lou just talking about their regular day, (laughs) which is very entertaining. And by the way, uh, two of my closest, I'll give them a shout out, podcast uh, friends, uh, the nice guys on business podcast, Doug Sandler and Strickland Bonner, they do interview shows three days a week and then two days a week. The two of them are literally just, they call it complete fuckery. And by the way, it is. It's absolute nonsense what they do. And it's brilliant because they actually incorporate a lot of what they talk about, which is customer service, which is kind of what both of them are in, whether they knew it or not. And they talk about experiences in their lives that they have and how that relates to it. So they don't always like to give that business advice, but it comes out every time they do it. So for them, it's actually on brand and it works. So there's obviously interview shows. There's these morning zoo shows. You can do a podcast that is basically an audio blog so that if you want to give a message and some of your points of brilliance and put it out there, it's a wonderful thing. If that lines up with your brand and promotes your business, go forth and create yourself a podcast show. Okay, real quick, a little time out, time yep. in is that if you're thinking about doing a podcast that's more of a blog cast or like a solo kind of thing, what do you say to the people that are like, wait, I don't want to give away all of my meat and potatoes, right? Like you, mm-hmm. people want to pay me for my information. Like it, how do you deal with that kind of a reaction? Well, one, I've now started to see subscription model services and you wanted to talk about making money in the podcasting mm-hmm. world. People are doing, give a little teaser of it and subscribe. And then if you want to get the full content and the full lessons, then click through afterwards, which is actually a nice way to do it. So if you think of it modularly in that model, if you are providing e-learning services, is that part of your business? 
then yeah, if that's a follow-on, and I make this is more about for speaking, if this is lining up with your business, not just your speaking business, but your business behind your speaking, great. And write down these plans. Make sure that you create what I like to call the episode zero, which gives the purpose of what this is and get it out there so you can continue to build your content. And then go forth and create this programming. But it is not always for everyone. Some people, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit into their business. It isn't, they don't have the time to do it. Or more notably, maybe there isn't something so unique in the way that they do that and they need to be more visual or in person. Now, real quick, just so we're clear, are you talking about just so podcast in general, or whether it's an interview or this sort of off the cuff, or are you grouping them all together now when you're talking about these? In this particular case, as a creating your own podcast as a host or whatnot. But let's flip this around now. And now I want to talk about, you were asking how you can make podcasting help you get the speaking gigs. I cannot speak enough about the fact that there's too many people just going on interview podcast shows without a clear, this is going to sound familiar, call to action (laughs) with the purpose of being a guest. Recently, I spoke it was actually at a, at a meeting in New York about how you can make podcast guesting drive you to speaking opportunities, improve your craft, hone in your message, but more importantly, push people to where they could find and book you. Okay, I dig it. This is good here. So you're not saying go start a podcast. You're saying if it makes sense with your business, that's a whole nother podcast about that. Right. But you're saying utilizing being a guest on podcasts yes. to help you further your speaking career. I'm with you. I want to hear. Okay. So let's just start off. There, I got a whole 10-step thing, and I'm not going to give all 10 steps, but let's just generalize it. Okay. One is you need literally a funnel that is going to utilize the fact that whether you are going on a podcast as a guest to sell books, to push your speaking platform, to push your consulting services, whatever it might be, to whatever it is that you get paid as a speaker or as part of your speaking business, if you need this, you have to set it up so that you have a pipeline strategy that you've developed before you start going on guesting programs. Design with the end in mind. Design with the end in mind. Now, when you say funnel, people might be thinking, well, I have a red funnel in the garage that I used to put some gas in the car (laughs) 20 years ago. Um, what's a high level definition on my, I've got, I've got this podcast and in my radio show and on my radio show, the three, one, three show, I call it a GTA. It is where you have to describe something as though you're describing it to a grandma. So it's a GTA, a grandma timeout. What is a funnel? Oh, let's use it this way. A funnel is a website landing page that you're going to send people to that will collect emails, push people to the, your services. So they know how to book you and find you. Think of it. That I dig way. it. Okay, Okay, good. So we need to, you actually have to come up with what that's going to be. By the way, I've had authors utilize this as a way to sell books. I've had speakers come on this as a way to offer a little bit of a dose of what they do. And then you could get them as a whole package to speak for them, even to sign up for a speaker series to speak to their whole company or just to do keynotes or for be at the certain presentations, just like every speaker who comes on the program. But your purpose as a guest is that you are going to now figure out where is my audience. We all talk about being in a lane, right? Picking a lane as a speaker and everyone's got their niche on where it is. Well, maybe that means that the podcast program you're going to be a guest on should be speaking to that audience. So you have to find the right podcast program to go on that 
hits the listeners that are your clients. You know how few people do this. And by the way, here's a great thing, Ryan. There's an amazing tool out there where 80% of the podcast listeners go to. Where? It's called iTunes. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) iTunes, unbelievably, Apple built something that actually has a really good search component in here where you can segment based on the type of business podcast that you service. If you're a business speaker and you speak to managing and marketing people, if you are a speaker and you speak to the cannabis industry, if you're a speaker and you speak to the food and marketing and management services, the hotel industry, there is a podcast category and a podcast show for you. Mm. And you can go there and figure it out. And there's so many podcast shows out there, Ryan, I've come up with a formula that you could actually go to, to decide, is that podcast worth going on or not? Do you want to hear the formula? I do. Please tell me. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Be brief, be bright, and then don't be gone yet because we have a couple more minutes. I got it. Be really quick. Take the number of episodes that the show has. That's your denominator. Take the number of reviews from iTunes that people have actually given a review for the show. That's your numerator. Divide the two together. If that number does not exceed 25%, you don't go on that show. Simply put. There you have it. And that is an engagement platform to those that engage and will listen. And that's enough um, involvement that these shows use social media to do it. There's a lot of other rules that I would say, but one key one here about this being a guest, Ryan, that's so important. Be spectacular as a guest. We are speakers who are those listening to the show who are speakers. When you go on a podcast show, you have to recognize that you are being recorded. (laughs) Your message and your voice and the way that you are going to connect to your audience. And I'm about connecting, so I want to connect to your audience. I want them to understand the power of connecting. I want to make sure that when I am on this side of the microphone as a guest, that I am so great and so spectacular and so bright because it lives out there. Do you know how many people I've had guests on my show who are speakers, who are literally like, yeah, I got to get to my lunch date. You know, I got another meeting I got a gig to. And they're blasé and they're not really good. And maybe they're talking a little too much about themselves as opposed to how they're going to help people as a guest. You have a great opportunity to go on something that lives on in perpetuity, by the way. It never goes away. More so than your speaker video, which we only see the sizzle reel of because we only edit that out. But here people get to listen to you for 30 minutes or to an hour. So be great on these interviews. And when you do that, people will hear you and then you push them to your call to action, send them to your link, send them to your speaker site, give them something away, give something for them that's a great giveaway that they'll do. They'll want to work with you or they'll want to connect with you and then you know how to connect with them. Really good landing pages you can track and follow the emails and do that stuff where people can follow up and you know who's looking at you. So I know that's a very quick version, but this is so important that people are not utilizing podcast guesting as a tool to grow your business. Now, what kind of guests do you want for people who are going to listen to this and go, uh, uh, where do I start? And then all of a sudden they hear me asking you and then they might identify that you're their target audience and then they're going to hit you up and tweet us both and say, hey, Lou, I heard you on the show. I want to be on your show because you have the right equation in the thrive rhythm. So, and by the way, the thrive rhythm that is Just awesome. See, I knew you were going to come up with a word in the show. <laughs> Listeners need to know that Ryan is the best at coming up with the makeup words. I knew it would come out in one of the combinations. We tried it before we record. They are ridiculous sometimes. But yeah, you have your thrive rhythm. So in the thrive rhythm, look, the reality is, is that you have to start looking and prospecting 
finding the shows that make the most sense for your audience today. By the way, ask your clients, ask the people what they listen to, ask oh, the type good. of shows that are there. Go ask them what the, your clients, what do you listen to? I listen to the Ryan, Brian show. I, here's a perfect example. Do you know why I'm on this show today? I spoke to another speaker who we both know. Shout out to Michelle Tillis Lederman. Yeah. And I spoke to Michelle and she goes, you really got to get on Ryan's show because he's doing such a great job in world of speaking. I'm like, he's already been on Thrive Loud. How the heck haven't I had him on? Haven't I not been on? And we stopped. But meanwhile, I did this because I know she's listening to this show. She's a speaker. There's other people in the speaking community listen to this because you have such a great community. This is the community I'm trying to connect with. Perfect reason to go on a program and a show. This makes sense and lines up. By the way, every speaker right now is going to call and say, oh, we got a book. Got to get on. <laughs> yeah, you got to get on. And if you want to, just shoot me an email, ryan at ryanfolan.com. It's very hard to remember, ryan at ryanfolan.com. And just one <laughs> last point of this is that, remember, there is a big backlog to get on a lot of these shows. So you have to yeah. spread it out. And there's lots of different programs to go on. So you need to be conscious about this. Podcasting is not just big because everybody's listening to it. Podcasting is got has data out there now where we can actually recognize and see where the audiences are and who's listening. And I and I'm one big point about this, not everyone has the time to always listen to the episodes. But the best shows that are out there and the ones that you should look at are the ones that use social media and promote the bejeebies out of it. We'll just talk about this. You had a guest previously on this program who has a wonderful, beautiful accent. And I heard that episode. And one of the things you guys talked about was the importance of tweeting. I sent a tweet to her immediately because I heard that and connected with it. And that's the type of interaction you're looking for because people in podcasting want to connect this way. And she's extending her connection. I'm extending mine. Who knows? She runs events in Ireland. Yeah, I know. She totally does. Yeah. She's a great contact. The At the tweeting goddess. Samantha is awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. Yeah. So anyway, my point is this. I'm listening to the shows and the programs and wanted to be on the ones that are going to help me as a speaker. That's how you have to think about it from all those speakers out there. There's a lot of great programs, not just this one, not mine. There's plenty of them out there. Utilize them so that you target and hit the audience you're going after. Brilliant. Brilliant and brief and <laughs> bright. And unfortunately, it's time for us to I be gone. Go but, but this was the main takeaway. And the call to action is to check Lou out. Lou, do you have a splash page to throw people into the funnel? or do you? Just I certainly do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to simply put, go to loudiamond.net or thriveloud.com. Either way, and you'll see the book Lou Diamond button or connect with Lou. Either one. They're all the same button. It all goes to the same place and provide your information. And I guess we could also give a shout out on that same loudiamond.net or thriveloud website. You can go see the Thrive Loud podcast. And uh, here's some of those that are thriving in their lives, their businesses, and their passions. What is it? Episode 130? Episode 130. <laughs> I highly, yeah. highly recommend it. And oh, by the way, just a little shout out around the time that this episode is going to launch, we do something every now and then where we go back into the archives and we create what we like to call mini-sodes. And trust me, there's a mini-sode that's probably going to be based off of episode 130 of Ryan Roland. Nice. So stay the tuned. transition in action. Very it's coming. Cool. Yes. Hey, well, this was a lot of fun, Lou. Like, and for those of you who are skeptical about being a guest, just get over it and, and let your true self be shiny and brighty and have fun and don't worry about it. Because at the end of the day, the, the best podcasts are ones where you're just yourself. And this comes back down to... How do you differentiate yourself as a speaker? 
don't try to be like other speakers. Mm -hmm. The best way to differentiate yourself is to be yourself, is to ditch whatever act you think is going on and carve out your own space because everybody else is already taken. And selfish plug for me, I've got a book in October coming out on that whole topic called Ditch the Act. There's a lot of great advice hiding in plain sight. And the best advice I can give you is to be yourself so that you can thrive. Well played there. Well played. Well played. See that? And it's good to get, I, I, I was motivated by you to give a little plug for myself in the process, right? They've made it this far and they might want to see some more. Absolutely. All right, Lou. Well, I am excited to keep connecting with you. Let's have a virtual coffee sometime soon and see if we can help connect each other. Definitely stay connected online and hopefully share the stage sometime. I'm eagerly looking forward to it. And uh, Ryan, uh, keep on being that man. And uh, I'm sticking up my fingers here, man, for the 313. 313. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody out there, if you don't know about the 313, you should check out ryanfolden.com forward slash speaking. There's a splash page for you. And you've got tons of other amazing guests that I have done my best to pull all of the great information out of them so you don't have to. If you like this episode, tweet it out, share it out, LinkedIn it out, Facebook it out, whatever it out, get it out there into the world so you can help people be brief, be bright, be gone. And on that note, we're out. Bye. Bye.